I think the big question that they have is, okay, in a big series against these monster American League teams, the Red Sox, the Astros, how will his stuff translate? How will his performance translate? And the last two starts, eight and a third innings, 14 hits, 13 runs, seven walks, those are kind of scary. Welcome back to Toronto. Today, here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1.30. The World Cup semifinal action takes over France versus Belgium. That was Buster only on if the recent poor outings for J-Hap has hurt his trade value. And at this point in the season, with the Jays as far back as they are, that's kind of kind of where we act, we're at conversation-wise with the Toronto Blue Jays. Welcome in our TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter, Scott Mitchell. Scotty, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, thank you. And you know what? Let's let's ask you that question. With Jay Happ, uh, assumingly right now, the the greatest trade chip that the Blue Jays have and ready to offer, uh, does some hit or misses or a bit of a, a, a slump or struggles heading into the deadline, does that really affect Happ's value that much? Well, I mean, here's the way I look at it. This definitely doesn't help. I mean, you, you don't want a guy that's, you know, pitched so well um, all season long, really scuffling at the worst time possible. So, I mean, you know, obviously opposing GMs, guys trying to, um, you know, look for, look for a bargain at this time of year are going to point that out to Ross Atkins. And, you know, that doesn't help negotiations, but does it kill his value or diminish his value in the, in the long term once a, once a deal gets done? I, I don't think it does. I mean, all you need to look at is the fact that the worst month of Jay Happ's career is, is July. He has a 4.82 ERA, and June is the next worst, worst month at, at 4.62. So he tends to go through these, I guess, early summer scuffles, if you will, and um, you know, obviously not good timing, but this is a guy who's been traded four different times in the month of July already. So um, he's clearly one of the best options on the market. Teams are going to be paying for future production, not what he's done over the past couple starts, which hasn't been good. But, you know, these teams are, are looking down the road into August and September if they're smart. And, you know, overlooking, um, you know, a start or two, uh, the, that's probably the best idea if you're a GM looking to improve your club for a postseason run, which obviously has nothing to do with his past results. And Scott, what do you think the Jays are looking for in return? It depends, obviously, where he goes. It'll be to a contender, but I guess as it really depends where we think this rebuild or retool is going to go. Because uh, I've talked to people, and it was okay. Well, twenty twenty is going to be the year. Well, that's not that far off. Or is it going to be a longer rebuild? Like, what do you think the Jays are looking to get back? Well, best player available. I mean, when you look at uh, what they need to do right now, they need to stockpile assets. They need to get more um, talent. Pitching talent probably most likely is, is what they're looking for in, into the upper minors. Um, you know, I think when you when you look at their minor league system, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a, a dearth of arms. So uh, I think any you see most of these types of deals and you know pitching is usually the target some teams like to go for those upper minor guys some teams like to you know maybe add an extra player into the deal and and look for some some lower uh, minors type types arms that are, are maybe a little bit more under the radar but um you know th- this this organization definitely needs pitching and then when you when you look at what they do have they have a tendency to um you know stockpile these these middle infielder types and you know i don't know that they'll deviate from that because as ross atkins has pointed out many different times if you can play in the middle infield 
you could probably play just about anywhere down the road. So, um, you know, there's a, when you look at the, the, the Milwaukee Brewers particularly, um, you know, they have a number of outfielders as well. And when you look through the Blue Jays system, um, other than Anthony Alford and, uh, you know, a couple of guys that are, you know, approaching that, that quad A status, that triple A, like Dalton Pompey and, and Dwight Smith, who aren't exactly, um, you know, highly regarded prospects. I, I think there's, uh, you know, probably an appetite for, for a corner hitting, uh, a power hitting corner outfielder. So, I um, mean, there's a number of ways they can go, but, uh, you know, in the end, these types of deals, it, it's best player available. You're just trying to add, you know, as much controllable talent to the organization, um, you know, you can get in, in return for an expiring contract like that. In conversation with Scott Mitchell, our TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter on Twitter at Scotty Mitch. TSN and uh, Scotty, you retweeted or not? You tweeted out yesterday. Uh, no resolution in the Roberta Osuna case. We'll be back in court August first. Uh, when this eventually gets sorted out, there's the a whole bunch of different ways the Jays can go. I guess right. It's it's welcome him back. It's uh, uh, you, you take maybe a, a moral stand and, and try to deal him. Like, is there any idea of, of what will happen to Roberta Osuna once he is cleared to play? Well, every indication points to that they're going to welcome him back on August 5th when he is eligible from his 75-game suspension, and uh, he's going to be back on a mound in a situation that, uh, you know, they deem is, is right for him. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, both manager John Gibbons, uh, GM Ross Atkin, they're on the record saying, you know, they're going to welcome him back. He's going to go out on a, on a rehab assignment starting uh, Saturday for, for three weeks and, and get ready to pitch. And, um, you know, I, I don't see really any other way. I mean, you, you can't just, um, you know, after Major League Baseball did their due diligence and handed down that, that, that suspension, um, you know, the Blue Jays agreed with that. And when he's eligible, they'll, they'll put him back on a mound, it sounds like. So uh, when you talk about trade value, it gets a little tricky there. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, obviously at this point, um, you know, it's at a it's at a low. And I, I don't think any organization, no matter what um, the reason for a player's stock to be low is, you don't want to deal him at that point. So, um, you know, I could definitely see this club trying to, you know, rebuild his value over the final two months of the season, put him back in that closer's role, and then maybe field an offer or two in the winter because they will be there. I mean, a role this Chapman was dealt, um, you know, Jarius Familia, he's a guy who could be dealt over the next three weeks. So we've seen these guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of um, – they look they're they're looked at as assets they're they're not looked at as uh you know kind of diminishing um you know diminishing um assets in in other teams eyes they're looked at as as for what they can do on the mound and i think uh you know if the blue jays can uh, get him on a mound in in august and and let him pitch uh you know like uh, we've all seen over the past couple of years I, I think it could be a conversation in the winter if the blue jays um want to move on rather than try to rehabilitate, you know, his image in Toronto. In conversation with Scott Mitchell, TSN 1050 Jays reporter. If we look at tonight's matchup, Scotty Jays in Atlanta taking on the Braves and Marcus Stroman on the hill. And this has been such an interesting tale all season long to see his ups, his downs, his injuries. He's coming back at a couple good starts in June. And then last time out, only four and two-thirds innings, six earned runs. With a one-and-six record, the ERA at six-and-a-half, where are you at with Marcus Stroman as far as his season has gone? Where he's at going into tonight, and and what you think we're going to see the rest of this season from him? 
Well, it's funny. You, you talk about trade value for Osuna, and, you know, you can kind of look at Stroman in, uh, you know, kind of the same vein. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, very different reasons of, of why they haven't pitched well this season. But, um, you know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, has looked uh, kind of like a shell of himself, you know, compared to last year when he was uh, by far the most con- consistent pitcher on the staff. And, you know, obviously there's a couple of reasons for it this year. I mean, shoulder inflammation set him back. He admitted that, uh, you know, maybe he came back too too soon from that and obviously struggled in May. And, you know, it took a toll on him mentally. Um, you know, if you watch Marcus Strollman pitch, it doesn't take long to figure out that he's a very emotional guy. And, you know, he kind of feeds off that emotion. And when it's going well, those emotions, um, you know, benefit him. When it's going bad, those emotions kind of start to get in the way of him being able to pitch. And, you know, the Blue Jays really saw that for the first time this year when he really just couldn't get anybody out, didn't have the same type of command. He was giving up too many home runs, and it affected him mentally. So those emotions were still showing, but they were just manifesting in a different way. So, um, you know, it's interesting because he threw those, those two good starts coming off the DL, as you mentioned, last time out not so, not so good. It was kind of the same problems, poor walks. Um, you know, the long ball got him a little bit and, you know, he kind of struggled and afterwards, um, you know, he's kind of a, of, of a different pitcher, a different, um, you know, has a different attitude when, when he comes out of a game like that. And the Blue Jays want to even out these emotions and, and you know, make sure that, that his shoulder is right. By all accounts, it is right at this point. But, you know, they need to, to figure out how to keep this guy on an even plane when things are going well, when things are not going well. And that will serve him well in the in the long run because you know he needs to be emotional, but he also needs to figure out how to um, you know use those emotions to get back on track when he's struggling. So it's going to be interesting to see how he pitches because um, it's been such an inconsistent year for a guy who was so consistent before that. So um, you know, leading into this trade deadline, there's a lot of speculation that you know if he does put together two, three good starts here. Um, maybe a team will call and, and, and knock the Blue Jays' socks off. Hmm. And, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen for, for the Blue Jays to, to listen on guys like Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, Roberto Osuna. They're not going to sell these guys for 50 cents on the dollar. They're going to have to be, you know, uh, not only a, a market value deal, but probably one that uh, really forces the Blue Jays to, you know, not say no. Last one for you here, Scotty. As far as a maybe an under-the-radar trade ship, if you look at what Kendris Morales has done in June and into July, the overall stats you look at and it's eh, but in June hit 277, four homers. He's very early in July, obviously, but 375, couple long balls. If he can keep up a reasonable pace like this and is showing he might be on the upswing, could that be a dark horse trade chip that a team says, okay, hey, you know what, as far as a, a, a bench depth power bat, this could be somebody we want to get from the Jays? There's a couple of factors that that probably would uh, would make that answer a no. I mean, he's owed twelve million dollars for next year, so the Blue Jays would have to pay um, a, a very significant portion of that, if not all of that. And then the fact that you know he's a DH only option, um, you know, that uh, renders him pretty much useless to half of baseball yeah. because I, I just can't see a National League team um, looking at him as any sort of bench piece or uh, backup first baseman um, because he just offers so little versatility. So you're essentially locking yourself into the other 14 American League teams, and when you look around the American League, there, there's not a lot of spots 
uh, you know, for him to land. I mean, you could look at a team like maybe Oakland, who, you know, is surprisingly still hanging around in the race and, and one of the hottest teams around right now. But um, they also have a, a number of bats that, that kind of just look like like Morales for a cheaper price, um, you know, younger guys. So it's really hard to find a fit um, with the money and, and the lack of versatility for him. So uh, it's nice. You're, you're right. He has turned his season around a little bit here over the past month. But, um, you know, without eating a, a significant portion of money and then just finding a fit for him, I, I just really don't see it happen. Might be too difficult. Uh, Scotty, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Anytime, man. All right. Scott Mitchell. TSN 1050 Blue Jays report.